our time in the Word. Dear Lord God, we're very grateful for the gathering of the saints. In your Son's name, amen. Um, not entirely sure why we're on this subject this morning. Generally, we're in favor of the Christian life. You've heard that. We like you to be better Christians. We'd like ourselves to be better Christians. And we're sort of always looking at what, what, <laughs> what steaming pile does the church offer to the saints that doesn't make them better Christians, just makes them more angry and fighty and difficult and not like the Lord Jesus Christ. Because we want to get rid of those things. Because sometimes our, our very own churches do that to us. I have the quote out of Numbers 23:23 here. What has God wrought? You probably learned that in public school. Your first Morris Code message somewhere on the East Coast. What hath God wrought? Um, that's what we are, we're asking ourselves because we know that just like a communist trying to plan an economy, we're not good at things like planning righteousness. We don't, we don't design those things well. We design awful religion. The Lord has done something very different in Christianity than ancient religions of any kind. Something has happened, uh, as, as Lewis pointed out to a, or had a friend point out to him who was an atheist, to say, you know, for all of the myths out there, it seems like this one actually happened. It was a very, we're dealing with a real myth. We're dealing with a thing that changes the way religion is. Won't fix other religions. Will fix people. And when you're asking yourself, what hath God wrought? That's what you need to concern yourself with. Last week we were talking about uh, We were talking about uh, agreement, belief, um, and affirmations and denials, where people don't clean up their previously held beliefs that the world gave them out of a commercial or out of a school teacher or whatever it was. You have a belief that you didn't reject. You thought you could walk the aisle and accept Jesus as your Savior and not reject everything the world taught you. You have to. Otherwise, your belief will be scrambled. You'll be challenged. You will end up denying what your Lord wants you to do because it's not acceptable in the world's mix. You didn't realize you were already a believer in the world. We know that we have hidden things about the way we view growing as Christians. Somebody announces a Bible memory program, and we're on it like white on rice. We think that giving up something for a certain season, we're on it. And we don't stop to think, well, who did, where did that come from? What is God trying to do in me? What is God trying to um, promote in me? Or is it something that the church has promoted in me? very grateful for a godly father 
of it as we went to vacation Bible school because I, there was no question in the Baptist world if you went to vacation Bible school. As every fresh hell every summer, and off you went to this moment of godless, who knows what it was. Thankfully, my father pointed out how godless and ineffective it was. I just think he wanted us to have free fun at the expense of the church. Was, I wasn't fun for me, though I'm the soul of fun. We're asking ourselves this morning not just what God has wrought, but you, you sort of want to keep aware what the church has wrought. What does the church design godliness to look like so that you think you get on board with that, you get on a Bible reading program, a scripture memory program, uh, evangelism, door-to-door -door ministry, and you know maybe if you're kind of a little bit more woke, some sort of uh, social action. And you're still not at peace. Because it doesn't, it's uh, not bad things to know the Bible. Not a bad thing to help the needy. It's what the church has wrought, not what God has wrought. And, and sometimes, since we don't stop to ask, well, what has God wrought? Because this is what we're talking about this morning. What does God say he's here to do in you and how? So you come up with your own, your own little program. Depends on what self-help books you pick up. You know, I, I used to go, when I was a graphic designer, I used to go a lot to Kinko's and have them make things. And as you're waiting for things to be made at Kinko's, you'd look at the spitting racks of books they were offering at Kinko's, all self-help business books. And I can remember thinking, looking at these books and the titles, just the titles alone, Utopia would be ushered in if just the titles succeeded. People would be wonderful, capable, competent. Everybody's shooting because we want to achieve something. Everybody knows that we're trying to achieve the same thing, right? We all know it when somebody, oh, where, who was it? Abby last night was describing a, some, or was it Jeff? The anti-gravity chairs, you had complete, you know, fleshly appetite sin. Jan and Jeff were out in the countryside sitting in their anti-gravity chairs in the midst of God's creation. Um, we try to find peace, right? We know. Remember when we were announcing the uh, Lord's Supper, this last one, and I told you it was going to be biscuits and gravy, and the men nearly fell out of the pews because they suddenly got religion. They understood the greatness of the faith because this church offered biscuits and gravy. We have, we have paths that we're, we're trying to, everybody trying to build a life of peace that we can't seem to grasp. We want to know what is God trying to do because, again, we're like communists running an economy. You know, uh, we don't know. 
We know what it is. We know what it feels like. We know what we want. We don't know how to make it. If you love me, this is John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. We stop there. <laughs> you want? Just ruin my life. And how many words is that? Nine words? If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, <coughs> and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. Now, the passages I pulled out of John 14, 15, and 16 are the passages about the counselor. Uh, some of your translations would say helper. Um, um, about the Holy Spirit being given. And we know, although for all the good things that I had to leave out of the sermon in order to get done by a certain time, um, this is one aspect, obvious aspect, of what God is trying to have wrought in you by his effort. So you need to be looking at what it is and whether or not it is. It's what he is doing. You just need to recognize whether it got done. Are you somebody who is a recipient of the Holy Spirit? He will give you another counselor. Now, the word counselor, it, that doesn't... Tra what do we get? We're such a therapy-driven society that we think of the word counselor and we think, oh, I'm getting help from a psychiatrist. Someone talk me off the ledge regularly. It's not that kind of counselor. It's more like the legal counselor. It's an advocate. Uh, the paracletos. It's, uh, it's uh, uh, an assistant, a, 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 a representative, a help. We'll be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him, or knows him. Now, here's one of the things, uh, when you're talking about what God has wrought in you, what kind of Christian life the, the, the God of the universe has conspired with your will to make in you, you need to realize that certain things are true about it. You need to have the recognizable elements of the Holy Spirit. One is, <laughs> the world doesn't know what's going on. The world, very happy to deal with religions that have a list of things that you're supposed to do. They're not so informed about people who are passing from death to life through the power of the Holy Spirit. They don't see him. They don't know him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. Now, this is in that high priestly section of John, right before the crucifixion which is uh, a few weeks before Pentecost. And he's telling them, a little bit later on in John, and the women in the Bible study from women in this church, uh, we're covering up, I think you're in chapter 20, is that right? Of John, where he breathes on the disciples and says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's setting them up for this. He has talked about it, the counselor, the spirit of truth. You have him with you, but he is going to be in you. Now, I want you to think about it. You know, we're, we're not a church, one, you can't join it. You know that. You know you can't uh, get involved and get on committees and 
you know, we'll, we'll call you if we need some help about something. But uh, this is really whether or not you're in Jesus Christ. If, if your life, you want to be here because you love these other people because they're in Christ. Whether you're being changed by the response that you have to God, not your response to this church or any other church or the history of Christendom. This has to be present. The world doesn't help you out because it doesn't see this. It doesn't understand that you're bound together not by membership in All Souls Christian Church. You're bound together by a membership of the Holy Spirit of God who has done something in you, and I'm encouraging you to be looking at what God is attempting to do so you can be kind of ruthless. You know, it would be kind of awful to be in a church that it was kind of ruthless about you, you know, the, the elders calling on you. I could get a black suit, thinner tie, stop by your house right around 5.30. You're just looking forward to dinner. Have to have the wife hide the beer. The pastor's here to check. And I start asking uncomfortable questions. Wouldn't it be nicer if God was just making wonderful changes in you and other people weren't chasing you down? We're not trying to have anything but God change you. Once you make something that man can accomplish and man can design, people will find a way to look like they're doing it. And we'll have programs to help you look like you're doing it. Because we're all LARPers at heart and uh, we like to pretend to be good Christians. But the good Christians actually have the Holy Spirit dwelling with them and in them. Now, I will not leave you desolate. I will come to you yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me because I live. You will live also. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Sounds like the perfect Christian life. Someone in a deep familial connection with God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and you being changed in how you are, what sort of person you are because of it. I always like this. Uh, th this might have been the reason I thought of this passage. Because I referred to this, we were talking about names the other, the Puerto Rican pool boys were over on Tuesday night, and we were talking about naming, and how Judas, not Iscariot, I mean, that's going to follow him the rest of his life. Anybody named Judas has to go, not Iscariot. <laughs> and we even take the guy who wrote the book of Jude, that name was actually Judas, and we just said, oh, we'll change it, we'll put the E on the end said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Now, one of the things that trips us up is that we can't stand being really good at something without other people noticing that we're really good at it. Recognizing that we're the right group. We show up, hi, we're the Christians. Well, thank God at last. How come you're going to be manifest to us and you won't be manifest to the world? You really want 
and I don't know, some of you might have theology that differs with me on this, so I, I don't disregard this next paragraph. Um, we have all sorts of different things we're trying to achieve, and we want to achieve certain success metrics, whether it's money or numbers or whatever it is, and we will do the things that make those things. Now, we're not entirely happy if no one knows about our righteousness. But our righteousness that God is making in us is that we would be righteous. Just the, the joy and the rightness of that alone, that God, he who does right is righteous, it says in 1 John. This is from the hand of God. And it's not vindicated by how many people know about it. Jesus Christ had a bad reputation. He hadn't sinned at all. Now, Judas Iscariot, Judas not Iscariot. Needs to hear Jesus respond. Jesus answered him, if a man loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. That didn't even seem like it was close to an answer, what Judas, not Iscariot, was talking about. Why, why do we not have, why do we not have God revealing himself to the world? Um, we related this before, but I was talking to a guy a few years ago, and he asked me why was God not obvious to the world? Why didn't, if he was God, you know, he could do that and make everybody know. I said, well, it's pretty obvious. He doesn't want you to know. reason he doesn't want you to know people that do not love him do not seek him do not turn themselves toward God to find him he doesn't want them to know and part of you your sort of modern you know sweetie nice Christianity runs around you know hair on fire because no Jesus wants everybody to know no he doesn't <laughs> People who don't want to know him. What, he what they have will be taken away. This is the way it is in a judgment. It's not merely the bad deeds they did, but, but Lord knows they had good intentions. No, they were wicked people. They did not seek God. And what you are finding in the righteousness of Christ in the Holy Spirit is the answer to your love. Have you turned yourself to him? If a man loves me, he will keep my word. My father will love him. We will come to him, make our home with him. It's that personal, connected existence in Christ is because you love God. He who does not love me does not keep my words, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. Now, this is the verse that jumped to mind as I was lying on my back in bed. There was a conversation in my library that didn't seem like it was going to quit. 
It was after 11, and it still didn't seem like it was going to quit. So what's a godly Christian man supposed to do? Leave. That's right. So I left. Said goodnight, went to bed. So things that I wasn't talking about with those people, we were talking about Russia policy. Exciting. I was thinking, I was lying on my back thinking about this verse, that the Holy Spirit, which whom the Father sent in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Now, what struck me, struck me, the apostles were wandering around Palestine with Jesus Christ. And you'd generally be in bohunkuses and not picking up on the obvious clues. And what, what were you talking about? But they, they loved him. They wanted him. They, wanted, they knew he had answers. They knew he had the way of life. And he's sending the Holy Spirit to bring to remembrance, because he taught for two or three years, these guys, a lot of which, if you have a Bible, it's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, what Jesus taught that they recorded and the reason they recorded it and were able to record it because they weren't journaling. Don't even start that with me. Sitting down, you know, under a palm tree after a long day with the Christ. You know, getting their journaling time in. No, they just had the Holy Spirit remind them of what they had learned. Now, well, that's great. Good to hear that the guys that wrote the Gospels we're reminded by the Holy Spirit of what Christ taught. Now, but what I was thinking with this, and through our own walk, is how's that going with you? Because you're given the Holy Spirit as well. That's the nature of the Christian faith, your encounter with the Holy Spirit of God, who is a counselor to us as well. Now, we're not the apostles. And how many conversations have you been in with a group of professed Christians where the memorization of lines out of Princess Bride is far more direct, acute, and accurate than people can correct? Oh, no, that's not what he said. It wasn't marriage. And I, I, nothing of the Lord's teaching ever comes out of their mouth. Nothing. It's like they don't they are so willing to have the church try to have their Christian life wrought in them. If the church does not ever give them that material, they're involved, they're members, they're doing things, they might really be going to heaven. It's not a question of salvation. It's a question about whether or not we're going after the things we ought to be going after. And this is not a recommendation that you read through the Gospels over the next week. Not a bad idea. But it's not a matter of whether you do your Bible reading. It's a matter of whether you know what your Lord taught. Your Lord. Remember a God? We're a religion. We bow down in front of a God. We worship a God. And when the God has got four books with his remarks in it, greater familiarity. It seems like it would be there if you loved him. If you sought him, and not only there because you loved him and sought him, but then the Holy Spirit in you, he is 
working this out, bringing it to memory. You're, you're talking with someone, and you know you didn't go through any Bible memory course, but you remember what your Lord said. And it's a great situation to be in. Did not the Lord say? Even Satan can quote the scriptures. Come on, get on it. Not by going after quoting scripture. Not by going after memorization. You don't memorize scripture. You want to be the kind of person for whom scripture is memorable. Because it is your God you find in it. It is your Christ, your salvation. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us things. There in you to uh, enliven something. Now, after 2,000 years of Christianity, you can't get a straight answer from anybody about what the Spirit is or the soul. I didn't know they were different. Well, you know, for something that they tell us to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh, to not know what we're doing, not knowing what we're talking about is kind of sad. We know this about the Holy Spirit of God. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Now, you know that everything you do, from drink to chasing women who write bad checks, uh, what are the other sins of the world? Is that it? Uh, driving under the influence? Uh, voting Democrat? I don't know. Sin. Everything we do, even good citizenship, we're seeking a state of ease. Because chaos in a futile world is all that you get issued, and so you're trying to govern your world into a state of ease, and when you can't govern it, you either get angry and get into fights and go to jail, or you, or you, or you, you, you depend on some chemical substance, or you try to add up pleasure in your life, but you're looking for a state of ease. That's how the world gives it. The world gives it by just trying to inject you with something that looks like ease. Sometimes it gives you part of ease, like your anti-gravity chairs. Wow, that's pretty good. How come I still have problems? Well, it's just ease for your body, right? Just, it, it floats you back. I have a decent bed. I like getting into it. But if you've got your mind a whirl with all sorts of other things, that immediate physical state of ease ain't doing much. It's not the peace that God gives to you. This is something that is different than what the world gives to you. It's from something they don't see or understand. They, because they have not met your God. They have not bowed the knee to Christ. They have not received the Holy Spirit. They don't see the Holy Spirit. They wonder, how come you're at peace? The world wonders. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. There's a wonderful thing about this. This is, this is a way of walking that instead of having the church or the state or you come up with some plan that's going to improve you, you're stepping towards God and Christ. You're stepping towards him, loving him, seeking him. He is giving you his Holy Spirit 
to counsel you in the ways of God. To remind you of the ways of God, not the ways of the church. The ways of God. The ways of taught by Christ, not the ways taught by whoever the popular Christian teacher is. Jumping a little ahead, because I, I, I cut out all, there's a bunch of great stuff in here. Read through that section of John when you have a chance. But John 15, he who hates me, well, this is a sort of reverse. We talked about love a little bit earlier. He who hates me hates my father also. If if you turn away from Christ, you're turning away from God. If I had not done among them the works which no one else did, they would not have sinned. But now that they have seen and hated both me and my father, it is to fulfill the word that is written in their law. They hated me without a cause. But when the counselor comes, saying this is the way some people are about God, then I have to ask you, because some of you may be here because somebody you know is here, not because God, who you seek, is here. But when the counselor comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness to me. Now, not only is he there to teach and remind of what Christ taught, he's going to affirm the identity of Christ. He is going to bear witness to Christ. You recognize that the person who has sought the living God recognizes, do you remember when Christ says, uh, um, you know your, your shepherd's voice, you re the sheep recognize it? You ever, I hope you don't get caught up in a cult. hope this isn't one. It's not a real good cult. Look at your, only 17 people here. Got to work on the cult thing. But you don't want to get caught up in a cult. You want to be able to say, I recognize my God in this. I recognize my God in this. The Spirit of God bears witness to the Christ. And then it says, and you also, verse 27, also are witnesses. So the Holy Spirit is a witness to the identity of Christ. Then it says to the apostles, not to you. To the apostles, you also are witnesses because you have been with me from the beginning. That's why we know it's the apostles. What I want to remind you of is what you're, what you're trying to build on what basis you're trying to build it or letting God be, build it in you. Your love, your hate, your pursuit of who this Christ is so that the Holy Spirit can remind you of his teaching. That the Holy Spirit in you can testify to who he is. And then the apostles testify. The reason you know what you know about Jesus Christ is because Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John testified to who Christ was. There's this passage, and I have a little reference here from 1 John 4. Where is that? Got a Bible here. 
always helpful. 1 John 4, 1 through 6. Now, this is the same author. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are of God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Seems like he's on a hobby horse. He's not getting off. All this bit about the counselor, it only occurs in John. Okay? It's his way of handling the teaching of the Holy Spirit. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit which confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. Oh, like he said in chapter 15 of his gospel, he bears witness to the Christ. Every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Now, I don't think, by the way, don't get thrown by words like Antichrist. That's another problem the church has created in us, is that it's got so many things so wrong that you can't hear a word and not suddenly start seeing badly made movies from the 1970s um, coming up about you being caught up and guillotines cutting off Christians' heads. Disregard that. But also don't turn. He who ever confessed Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. Every spirit does not confess Jesus is not of God. Some people use that as incantation. Can they say the thing? No, this is, this is summing something up. Little children, you are of God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are of the world, therefore what they say is of the world, and the world listens to them. The kind of Christianity you're going to find is not going to make sense to the world. The Holy Spirit is not going to be seen. You are not going to be recognized by the authorities or the institutions that are called Christian because they have another way of doing it, not the Holy Spirit. They are of the world. Therefore, what they say is of the world. The world listens to them. We are of God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Got that? <coughs> because he was told by Jesus Christ that the Holy Spirit would compel him to be a witness to the Christ. We are of God. Whoever knows God listens to us, and he who is not of God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Now, if I don't have, if I just started taking apart chapter 14, 15, and 16 of John, to what, what am I supposed to be going through? What's supposed to be happening in my life? Did I turn all of these instructions into um, some sort of program operation that I that I uh, need to uh, build, act a certain way. No, we want to be changed. God is going to have this wrought in you. This is what you're going to be reminded by the Holy Spirit. You're going to have Christ, Christ witness to you. you. You say, you know, I don't know. I go through some times of doubt. You know, the Holy Spirit is in you to witness to Jesus Christ. Why isn't it in you? Well, because maybe you are depending upon, you know, listening to William Lane Craig or, or R.C. Sproul about apologetics. And your faith is not because you've encountered and found the God. 
and had his Holy Spirit given to you because he bears witness to the Christ. And the person who had Christ bore witness to him, then he says, oh, and he sent his apostles and gave them authority. I should be reading them too and believing what they say because it makes perfectly good sense. There's not, remember that story I told you, that nihilist friend who grew up a missionary family? And I asked him what the argument was that had proved Christianity wrong because he had actually believed it at one time, he said. I said, well, that's good because I'll now I'll know what amazing argument was used on you. And he was a decent guy. He said there wasn't one because he wasn't seeking God. It was easy to set it aside. It was just his collection of proofs, his collection of wants to believe it because his parents believed it. When your parents know Jesus Christ, when your parents walk in the spirit and not in the flesh, just like the apostles, we are all witnesses to, that, to the degree we have met this God. Nevertheless, verse, six, verse 7 of chapter 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is your advantage that I go away, to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convince the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. I like that verse. I think, I think the King James has it, convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. But our religion in this world is how present the Holy Spirit is in you. Not what the church is doing, not what the plans are, but what the Holy Spirit is doing in the believer. Concerning sin, because they do not believe in me. They, they, the Holy Spirit, now these are kind of obscure, strange verses. I encourage you to spend some time thinking about what does he mean because he says concerning sin. Remember, it's convincing the world concerning sin. So it's a convincing element. It's an argument for conviction. The presence of Holy Spirit believers. Now, with, you know, I'm not against the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we're not trying to create some pew-jumping, ribbon-waving um, service here. We want you to be holy by the Holy Spirit because he is what makes it in you. And that is the argument. Because Christ is no longer in the world, we who have followed him, if we love him, we keep his commandments. We are helped in our righteousness. He helps teach us what the Christ taught us. Concerning righteousness, because I go to the Father and you will see me no more. It's an argument for what is holy. You don't want to have the non-believer look at the church and go, you know, what's the, what's the holiest person you can imagine? And they start listing off a bunch of cultural stands that you take. None of them wrong, none of them right. 
I started to drink beer in 19, probably 80, 81. I didn't like it. You've heard the story of me kicking the can on the way to school and it exploding. And I was covered with beer for the rest of the school day. Um, did not enjoy it, never liked the smell. My non-Christian in-laws drank beer. And I knew that they would think that I didn't drink beer because I was a Christian. So I said, I'm going to learn to drink beer. I think, what was the first one? Was it Moosehead? It was before good beer. Back in the day before you were born. They'll get the wrong idea about righteousness. We have sales pitches about what the righteousness is. Our righteousness, Jesus Christ is going to the Father, and you will see him no more, but the Holy Spirit is working in us to convict the world of our righteousness and what righteousness is. Concerning judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. Now, I don't know what your cosmology is. I don't know what your eschatology is. I have a weird one. I'm not telling you what it is. But nonetheless... Jesus Christ has defeated the ruler of this world, however you want to slice it. We live in a world where the people who have this Holy Spirit are the few people who walk the globe, who stand in the presence of the ruler of all things. And in this age, you know, previous times when God had given the nations to the princes, maybe not so much, but you... You get to be children of the Most High in his world, under his sovereignty. I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. Wouldn't that be nice? If instead of leading, being led by our coaches... You know, Pastor A, Pastor B, theology, X, Y, or Z. That's where we find ourselves, you know, shiving each other in a dark place. He will lead us into all truth. We have to be hearing him. We have to be having God working these things in us because of him. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Are you in that kind of relationship with the God of your religion? You know there is one God. Jesus Christ is his son who taught for X number of years on this planet. The book is in front of you. You have a translation you like. Is your life Christological? Is the Holy Spirit in you able to reach into you in a difficult moment and pull the teaching of Jesus Christ out of the Sermon on the Mount or out of whatever portion and wave it in front of your eyes and remember that? He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the effect of the whole the God being with you. The God being found a representative in the you, whichever pew, whichever name, you have found him. You haven't found the right church. 
You haven't found the right theology. You have found him. And you have sought him, and it will be given, more will be given to you. You're trying to prove some things to the world about this religion. Don't expect them to notice it, except for the people. Except for the people who have a yearning to know righteousness. Let's thank God. Dear Lord, we're grateful that your Holy Spirit wades into us when we seek your face and we are being changed to know your Son through the Holy Spirit's presence. Know your Son's thinking, his analysis, his expectations, his commandments. Lord, keep us from trying to become performance um, oriented people, living out a pretentious uh, role playing. Lord, we want to have sought your Son, known Him, encountered your Holy Spirit, and had the righteousness that you give to man shaping our peace, not the way the world gets it. Thank you for this morning. Thank you for this afternoon. Bless your saints. In your son's name, amen.